0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with this message entitled, The Righteousness of God. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. What does salvation package contain? What does gospel contain? What is the heart of the gospel when you unpack it? What is it that you see? And we read then Romans 1 verse 17. We read for in it. That is in the gospel. Righteousness of God. Righteousness of God. Now. Is revealed. So we want to speak to you about the heart of the gospel. It is righteousness of God. That's what the Greek text says. Righteousness of God. God is righteous. We are all unrighteousness. There is none righteous. We lack righteousness. A right standing before God. We are objects of God's wrath. We are told in Ephesians 2 and verse 3. And verse 18 it will be told. The wrath of God from heaven. Is being revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. We have merited hell and damnation. We cannot save our souls. We do not have what God demands. And what God demands of each one of us is perfect righteousness, righteousness of God. You may ask, what about our pretension of self-righteousness? Well, number one, it is nakedness covered by fig leaf apron. This cannot stand the gaze of the righteous God. It is the filthy rags that women dispose of every month. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. It is according to Saint Paul that is our righteousness. According to Saint Paul who once gloried in self-righteousness. He came to understand it is lost. It is dung that is human faeces. It is a stench in God's nostrils. God is unimpressed by our pretensions of self-righteousness. And our self-righteousness... God condemns. The publican who prayed for mercy received. Righteousness of God and went home. We are told justified forever. And the Pharisee who gloried in his own righteousness. We must conclude went home condemned. The prodigal who confessed his sins to his father, received his father's best robe in place of his dirty rags. In the parable of the wedding banquets of the king, the king noticed a poor beggar not wearing the freely provided wedding clothes. He stands for a self-righteous man who says, I did it my way. They tied him hand and foot and threw him outside into the darkness, the darkness of everlasting hell. Our own righteousness is utterly reprehensible. Before God. So, thank God in the gospel, a righteousness of God, that is a righteousness from God, a perfect righteousness demanded by God, a right standing before God, a righteousness of Jesus Christ is revealed. To meet our need Away with our stinking rags and filthy rags and fig leaf apron and our dung righteousness. Come to God in Jesus Christ and receive the gift of righteousness, Romans five seventeen. A righteousness from God. Turn with me to Romans 10. And verse 3. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God. And sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Turn to chapter 5. And verse 19. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners also through, here it is, through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Righteousness from God. Right standing from God. Righteousness of God. The gift of righteousness. Righteousness of Jesus Christ based on his perfect obedience of God's law. Which comes to us in the gospel. As gift to all naked people. All sinful, rotten people. It is coming as gift. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, where St. Paul himself, who gloried in his feces, now understands correctly what self-righteousness is and what God's righteousness is. Beginning with verse 4, Philippians 3, if anyone... Anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh? I have more. And he speaks about it. And then finally he says concerning the righteousness of the law. Perfect. That's the way he thought of himself. Verse 7. But whatever was to my prophet, I now consider loss in view of the revelation of God's Son on the road to Damascus. He now considers his righteousness as lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, dung, feces, that I may gain Christ and be found in him now. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from my keeping the law, but that which is through faith in Christ... The righteousness that comes from God and that received by faith. That is our need. And gospel contains this great gift that we need. It is also a righteousness by which Abraham was justified. Romans 4 and verse 3. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And it was the righteousness by which David was justified. Romans 4 verse 6. David says the blessed The same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from work. Verse 8, blessed is the man whose sin, whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Because it is counted against another, our mediator, our substitute, our representative, Jesus Christ. And it is also righteousness by which the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk lived. The righteous by faith shall live. And it is quoted here in chapter 1 verse 17. It is a righteousness by which all the saints of the Old Testament lived. And Luther first misunderstood this righteousness of God revealed in the gospel in chapter 1 verse 17 of Romans. He saw this as the righteous nature of God by which he punishes justly sinners. As we read in Romans 2 and verse 5, But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. He did not see any good news in the gospel because of this misunderstanding. He saw the gospel as bad news. And he hated Romans 1, verse 17, because he says it brought the way to paradise for him. Eventually, as he studied the Habakkuk 2, 4 quotation, the just by faith shall live, he saw Romans 1, 17 as the gateway to paradise. Because it, he understood it is speaking about a righteousness from God provided for him as gift. Yes. And so he writes, for God does not want to save by our own righteousness. But by an extraneous righteousness. One that does not originate in ourselves, but comes to us from beyond ourselves... Which does not arise on earth but comes from heaven. It is a justitia aliena. It is an alien righteousness. It is the righteousness of Jesus Christ who fully obeyed God's laws by his life and death. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ lived for us and he died for us and he lives for us. Christ died, Paul says, for our sins and was raised for our justification. The content of this gospel is a righteousness from God. A righteousness provided by God to meet our need. A right standing from God. A righteousness of his son who fully obeyed his father on our behalf. Jesus Christ Christ. He is my righteousness. He is my sanctification. He is my glorification. So Paul tells us in Romans 1 and verse 30. And we spoke about the double imputation, double transaction. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 19 and 21. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. That God was reconciling you and me to himself in Christ. While he was dying on the cross. Not counting men's sins against them. This is what David said. Blessed is the man whose sins are not counted against him. And David understood his sins were not counted against him. And he understood this by the institution of bloody sacrifice. And you are reading the book of Levitical. It is a bloody book. And thank God for that bloody book. That is telling me. That my sins are not counted against me, but against another. Even God's Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at it again, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting men's sins against them. And verse 21 tells us against whom. For God to justify us justly, sins must be punished. Because God's nature is that he is righteous. And so, verse 21, God made him, made Jesus Christ, who had no sin. To be sin in our place by imputation. Not that he sinned, but our sins were put on him. For the purpose that we might become the righteousness of God not even that we might be righteous but that we might become the righteousness of God see the double imputation my sins how many of them put on him all sir past present and future the totality of my sin totality of the guilt totality of its punishment put on him, imputed to him, put into his account, and his perfect righteousness is imputed, put into my account. Hallelujah. This is a double imputation in which true believer glories, rejoices. our sins imputed to Christ and he atoned for them Jesus is my atonement his perfect righteousness is imputed to my account in Jesus Christ we are the righteousness of God I have a hard time really believing it but it is the truth because I sin I falter I may fall But this is a true declaration. That we are the righteousness of God. Believe it sir. God's law can demand nothing more from Jesus. So law can demand nothing more from us. Turn to the book of John and let's look at some scriptures that speaks about how Jesus Christ lived. Romans 8 and verse 29 The one who sent me is with me he has not left me alone for I always do what pleases him John 8 and verse 46 can any of you prove me guilty of sin? No one can convict him of sin. Turn to Gospel of Matthew chapter 3. What did he speak to John the Baptist when he came for water baptism? Matthew 3, beginning with verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this. To fulfill all righteousness. Turn to chapter 5 of Matthew and verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them. In the volume of the book it is written of me. I have come to do thy will O God. He lived for us and he died for us and he lives for us. And turn to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. Take a look at it. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, that is to obey law. To redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming cursed for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Christ kept the law. And redeemed us from being under the law. And under sin. And under death. And under curse. God in Jesus Christ liberated us. Set us free sir. We died to sin. We died to law. We are not under sin. Or under law. Or under death. Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, my beauty are, my glorious dress, arrayed in this justitia aliena. Be come to God's presence and enjoy life forevermore. That's what the communion is all about. It is a righteous, it is a righteous status. God demands of us, which he achieves for us through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. So the content of the gospel is what we really need. We are unrighteous. We need a righteous standing before a righteous God. And God provides just. A righteousness of God. A righteousness from God. An infinite righteousness. A perfect righteousness. An everlasting righteousness. Exactly what God demands of us. A righteousness acceptable to God. Provided us get righteousness of Jesus Christ. A righteousness from heaven. To the wicked on earth. To take us to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am all unrighteousness, Jesus is all righteousness, and Jesus is my righteousness. Let's praise the Lord. Sir. And there is a, a great illustration, at least I want to give one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. And in the Old, Old Testament, you can turn to this Zechariah chapter 3. There is a court scene. God the Father is the judge. And there is the high priest by name Joshua. In the middle. And on his right hand is Satan. Satan is a liar. That doesn't mean he always lies. Satan on his right hand accusing him and says to god this one is unfit to make sacrifices because he is filthy he is clothed in filthy clothes joshua is sinful unclean unrighteousness But thank God there is someone else On his left side He's called angel of the Lord And I say it is Our Lord Jesus Christ The pre-incarnate son of God Our advocate This is serious business Joshua is filthy Satan is right In the accusation Uh, Zechariah and so, chapter 3, verse 3. Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin." And I will put rich garments on you. Double transaction. Do you see that? Get rid of the filthy garments. Our sin, all of it and guilt and its punishment, its hell. And instantly it is taken off. But that's not the only thing. He was clothed with. Clean garments. Rich garments. Glorious garments. That stands for the righteousness of God. Right standing before God. Righteousness of Jesus Christ. And now turn to verse 8. Listen, O high priest Joshua and your associates seated before you who are men symbolic of things to come. I am going to bring what? My servant. Who do you think that is? His son, Jesus Christ, who just arrived in Jerusalem today. The branch, he is called the branch. And then notice the last line I will remove the sin of this land in a single day. One single day. By his death on the cross, Jesus Christ removed our sin. And we are told, Joshua is a burning stick snatched from fire. That's what you and I are. A burning stick. Snatched from fire of God's wrath. God in Jesus Christ. Plucked us out of the fire. Of his own wrath. Against my sin. He took off. My filthy clothes. Sin, guilt, punishment. And death and hell. And he put on me clean. Rich. Glorious. Garments that never get dirty. You see, if you if you are postmodernist, you uh, you don't your mind doesn't work. You understand that. But if you are a, a Christian, your mind should work. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We understand the gospel through the Holy Ghost that is given to us. Turn with me to Isaiah, and uh, take a look at it. Uh, Isaiah 46, and glory in what I am going to say. I said, Justitia aliena, an alien righteousness that is given to us in the gospel. And here then we are told in Isaiah 46 and verse 13, I am bringing my righteousness near. It is not far away and my salvation will not be delayed. Righteousness, salvation. Without righteousness, no salvation. Now notice, whose righteousness, whose salvation? God's, 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 God's. Now look at the rest of the sentence. I will grant it. I will give us gift. I will grant salvation to Zion. My splendor to Israel. Think about it, sir. My splendor. My righteousness. My salvation. I will grant it. Gratis. And I received it. And you have received it my righteousness, my salvation, I will grant it to Zion, my splendor, sir, the splendor. Turn to 62nd chapter of Isaiah and verse 1, for Zion's sake I will not keep silent, for Jerusalem's sake I will not remain quiet. Till her righteousness what shines out like the dawn. Her salvation like blazing torch. It is an alien righteousness. Righteousness of God. In Jesus Christ coming to you. Zion. Till her righteousness shines out like the dawn. Her salvation like a blazing torch. All right, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5 and let me read this to you. Ephesians 5, beginning with verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Just as what? Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her and and what is it to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless, radiant, sir. clothed in God's righteousness, God's salvation, received as a gift. And the second illustration, of course, is Luke chapter 18. And here is a a Pharisee, and we disposed him of, but there is a publican, a very wicked sinner. And he is convicted of his sin, and yet he comes to the temple, he refuses to look up. And he beats his breast under the conviction of sin, at the same time exercising faith in God's provision of propitiation. So he says, O theos, he las amatalo. Must be translated, O God, be propitiated to me. O oh God, may my sins be atoned by a substitutionary sacrifice. May thy wrath against me, against me be turned away by the sacrifice of another. And Jesus said, "He went home, justified, closed in an alien. Righteousness and in the Greek it is perfect, passive, justified forever. Hallelujah. It's a punctiliar action, and the effect continues through all eternity. The Pharisee was clinging to his self righteousness, his filthy rag, his dung, and he went home content. That's what happened to me, sir. I went home justified. Walking and leaping and praising God. Sir. Hallelujah. My sin is gone, my guilt is gone, my punishment is gone, my judgment is gone, my hell is gone, my death is gone, sir. Hallelujah. I just sleep in Christ. Isn't that true? I just sleep in Christ. Now, if any of you who doesn't understand what I'm saying, ask God to give you understanding. You open the gospel, and there it is, the most precious gem. What is it? Righteousness of God. That's exactly what every sinner needs, and it is right there. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. You have been listening to Grace and Glory, audio of the sermon entitled... The Righteousness of God. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.